As Robin comes to read the scripture lesson this morning, uh, I've shared with you over the last five and a half years that really one of my favorite verses, uh, and what's really my first memory verse, was Romans 8.28, all things work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Today she's going to read everything that leads up to that, and to some extent I'm going to preach on everything that follows that as well. Um, it's important that we understand who we are, what we are, and what can happen if we keep our relationship with Christ firm and whole. And so as you hear these words, begin to go inward and ask yourself if in fact that's where you are. And I got to start by saying, gang, this is Paul and he writes sometimes in legalese, you might want to follow along. I had to read through it a couple of times slowly to get every bit. Today's reading is Romans 8, 18 to 28. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains till now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is in the mind of the spirit, because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Holy wisdom, holy words. Just a reminder that last week um, I spoke about these new lenses that, uh, that Preston, um, uh, a person who's just becoming closer and closer to become a member of our family, and I had balloons and rainbow colors up here, and that for the first time he was able to see color. First time in his life he was able to see color because of these lenses that our daughter Laura had provided for him. Today I want to talk a little bit more about those lenses, but to get there, I, I want to talk again and remind us of this article uh, that I also spoke about last week by Christine Claridge, who on Monday, January 2nd, wrote of the five basic principles to create permanent change. Well, let me personalize it a little bit. Um, I put on my winter weight. Let's close in prayer. How did I know that I put on my winter weight? Well, remember that the first 
phase, this first stage of making permanent change is the what's called what, what she calls the pre-contemplative stage. It's the recognition of some things that are going on around us, and and you know for me it was okay the 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 holes in my belt. Um, suddenly, the one that I had been in for most of last year not only um, diminished or or went a different direction, but so did the next one. <laughs> and uh, I, I looked in the mirror, and uh, we sang Michael Jackson's song "Man in the Mirror" at first service this morning, and 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 saw the just some of the things that I thought I'd overcome and, you know, the bags under the eyes and the chin's getting a little more full and, okay, sorry, the second chin's getting a little more full and, and some of those things. And I, I noticed that, that, you know, my, my energy level was down and, and thought, gosh, it, it, maybe, maybe I really need to do some examination around that. And, and so the second phase is the contemplative phase of beginning to to really make those realizations and be honest about what's going on and and to begin to make some decisions around what actions need to be taken. Well, and then phase three is she calls the preparation stage. And the preparation stage was me to going back a couple years. Jeff Norman, who's in first service, gave me the book Younger Next Year. And so going back and looking at that, only to discover that this author has now written two other books, one of them being Thinner Next Year. <laughs> Thank God for this prolific author. And, and Eating Better Next Year is another one. And, and so, or I can't remember if it's nutrition, I can't remember the exact title, but, and began to look around to see what other resources there were. And, you know, never far from my mind in, in times like this are two people both in this church, one who comes to first service, one who comes to second service, Daniel Flahiff, who sits right there, not where Brad is, but right in front of him, and Linda Reichenbach. And, and knowing that, that these are two folks to whom I can turn, not only with love and trust, but for advice and those kinds of things. So that was part of the preparation. And part of the preparation is creating the plan. The plan in order to begin to, um, to take care of business. So then the fourth um, of these is the action, um, the specific actions. And, and I recognize that there is a beautiful route, as I've described at the beginning, that gains 450 feet of elevation. And there are three loops that take me literally to a panorama. If you put them all together, this panoramic, beautiful view of everything that surrounds us. But did I mention, though, that it's 450 feet of elevation gain? And you don't get to the highest elevation gain until the very end, and then you drop down about uh, two-thirds of a mile back home. So I decided that is the new route. And so part of the action was to do that every day and try and decrease the time um, that it takes to accomplish that route. Well, as Dorothy will tell you, um, uh, you know, I did that three times in a row. And uh, yesterday during the Seahawks game, depressing as it was, which we finally turned off at about halftime, I really couldn't move. I mean, I was so sore. And yet, knowing that 
a body, even at 61 years old, will recover. And even by the time I went to bed last night, was recovered and feel physically really good this morning, and knowing that that sequence is going to continue. But see, then there's number five of the plan. And number five is the maintenance section. And that's the section often that kind of gets in the way of things. But there are things that we can do around maintenance. You know, I've now admitted to you that this is what's happened. I've now admitted to you what my plan is to some extent, that I'm going to work out an hour every day and, uh, and, and do it in a way that's going to regain that health. Um, and I know that if Linda sees something that isn't right, she's going to call me on it. Right, Coach? Right, Steve? Yeah. You know what? I knew that. Um, but it's what we do for each other to make sure that we stay healthy. But here's the deal, friends. I, I looked at all of this and thought, sometimes it's easier or more, more notable more noticeable to do this for our physical lives. But what we don't often do is do it in our spiritual lives, is to really begin to look back at kind of where we are. For us as Christians, sometimes we, we don't feel like we can make a difference in life. For us, we think that, you know, it's just, you know, being Christian or, or being people of faith, that it just happens. That if we come to church every Sunday, somehow that's enough. And, and so we make other decisions that fill other times instead of focusing in on maybe what needs to be a permanent change in each of us. And I'll go into that a little bit more. And here's, here's what I continue to hear, especially in this time. Uh, this time where we're entering into a week of an inauguration. And there are incredible, vehement feelings on both sides of this inauguration. And not both, there's not just two. On the spectrum of feelings around the inauguration that's coming up this week. But what I've noticed is, again, people feeling desperate enough to come to me and say, one person can't make a difference in any of this. Wow. So I want to take you back to a metaphor. Because I really believe that we do believe that one person can't make a difference. And yet, I want to remind us of whose life we're celebrating tomorrow and remembering tomorrow. I'll come back to that in just a second. So I will tell you again that if you do not feel like you can make a difference, that you cannot influence what goes on around you, here's your assignment. You can choose pretty much almost anywhere around the greater Seattle area, including the east side. Drive your car across, halfway across the I-90 bridge at 347 in the afternoon. Right as you hit mid-span, middle lane, make sure you're in the middle lane. Stop your car, get out, and walk off the bridge. <laughs> Here's the deal. What's amazing about that metaphor, and by the way, I have done that unintentionally. 
I was in when I was about 21 years old, was driving a truck that was carrying um, cement products from the cement manufacturing plant um, in West Seattle, just below West Seattle, back across I-90 to Cadman Sand and Gravel in Redmond. It was like a 1937 flatbed truck that was not in good shape. Um, and it died exactly the place that I'm talking about. And in the middle lane. And I will never forget hearing the radio announcer as I'm sitting there in the truck. Now, I did not walk away saying, there's a flatbed. <laughs> but here's what happens when, if, if you were choosing to do that. I mean, you could do it under the convention center on I-5. You could do it at the 520 entrance going up north on 405. It doesn't really matter where you do it, but here's, here, here's what will happen, particularly on I-90, is not only will traffic stop behind you and begin to pile up that way, the looky-loos on the other side of the freeway will also be doing this <laughs> and slow down as they do, which will then, of course, back traffic all the way up to I-5 and then back that up. Now, why do I share that with you? Because when we do something like that, people notice. And by the way, it does have an impact on everything that happens around us when we make those kinds of decisions. But I want to tell you that if we make faith-filled decisions as well and we are willing to make those somewhat obvious, people will also notice that. But what we do is, like I said, we somehow believe that this stuff just comes without intentional actions on our part, when in fact it doesn't. It doesn't. I talked last week about building a foundation on the rock, uh, a firm foundation, and that firm foundation for those of us who self-profess Christianity is that which we follow. Well, that firm foundation is Jesus Christ. It is the central piece of who we are. And if we don't make intentional decisions about making sure that that relationship and the understanding of what that means is, what can happen, and I've already seen it already this year, is the sand upon which we seek to stand begins to shift. And the kinds of elements that we don't want to deal with and, and shouldn't have to deal with begin to take control. Suddenly we, we are feeling the stress of life. Or we're feeling the stress of this election. We're feeling the stress of this inauguration. And, and some we're celebrating this inauguration. And, and we're feeling the stress of the relationships that surround it. And the sand just continues to shift. And so here's my challenge to us. We need to reaffirm the foundation. Let me say it differently. We need to continue to firm up that foundation because what has happened already in this church is painful exchanges between two sides in opposition to each other. And as I shared last week, one of those sides has now left the church. 
my hope and prayer is that it's a temporary departure. If we're not right in our faith, if we're not centered in something that guides us so fully, it's all too easy for us to cause harm. Even when we don't intend to, but it's part of the church. And that's part of the issue that I want to deal with just up front this morning. You are an amazing church. You are an amazing bunch. I I, I have never experienced a church as filled with grace as you. But then the election happened. And things have shifted some. As Dorothy will attest to, in every other church where I have served, there has been phenomenal stress. The factionalization of the church, the splitting apart into different factions of negativity, each one going after the other. That is not a part of Aldersgate. And and it has been a part of the DNA of the church from the day the church was born. And I don't mean Aldersgate. I mean, I, I want you to think about Scripture for a second. And, uh, and if you know Scripture at all, you know that Paul deals with these kinds of elements in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, and it goes on and on and on about the factionalization that happens in so many churches. And he responds. He responds in some amazing ways. And it, it's, it continues to be a lesson for us today as much as it was for them back then. I mean, think about this. Think think about how often we've heard the words out of 1 Corinthians 13. Almost every wedding I've ever done has quoted those words when in fact it was never intended to be quoted at a wedding. It was intended to be quoted at a church. Love Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not arrogant or rude or boastful. It does not seek its own way. Those are words that Paul wrote for a church that was in conflict in a time where different factions were rising up. If you look at the end of of his letter to the Galatians, he's responding to what separates people out. And then he responds with, But the fruit of the Spirit, the singular fruit of the Spirit, when we allow ourselves to go deeper in faith, is, not are, is, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I want you to think about those words for a minute. Love, joy, peace, Patience, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Friends, that is the filter through which everything we do and everything we say must be done. And these are the filters, but we don't have them in place if we don't allow ourselves to be open to that spirit that can fill us so that we can respond with those kinds of things. 
And that's where we are right now. We are now again in the pre-contemplative stage of what I hope moves us toward permanent change. Outside, outside of this place, the world is reeling. Reeling. I I don't remember a time that this country or this world has so factionalized itself. And yet, here we are. And if you look around this sanctuary, even in this service, there are folks on all sides of this equation. And if we don't center ourselves first on that which builds the solid foundation, we will continue to be divided and not able to talk to each other in ways that are helpful. You see, what's going on is strong feelings about a multitude of things that surround our next president. Even here. And there's, there's, what you're not hearing me say is that it's not okay to disagree. It is. It's, it's okay to be in conflict. It's okay to disagree. It's okay to have strong feelings. What is not okay is when we allow those strong feelings intentionally or unintentionally to cause harm in the lives of others. That is not okay. And that's what's happening. And it's sometimes those who believe that they are not causing some of this and say that fervently when in fact they are. And so here's what I'm asking of you. Here's what I'm asking of you to go into that pre-contemplative stage and begin to do self-examination within each of our souls. That is the place in our physical bodies where the Spirit of God lives. And allow God to help us know what we may be doing or in some cases what we may not be doing that can further that overwhelming kingdom of God where we can, in fact, sit in conflict and talk to each other in peace. We say a prayer every Sunday. And we said it twice at first service. And I'm thinking I'm going to ask us to do that here as well. To look at this Lord's Prayer and and allow it to help us remember how we center ourselves. But before we do that, I want to go back to Romans 8.28. All things work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Even in this time, in this country, even in this time, in this election, even in this time, as we disagree as a church, what separates us from potentially the way that the world deals with these things, as they seek to almost tear each other apart, is the recognition that within this place, all things 
can work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. We talk differently in here. We are in conflict differently in here. We are in love with each other differently in here. And what that becomes is like that person who stops the car in the middle lane on westbound I-90. It's when we do this, people will stop and notice if we're willing to share that that's who we are as a church. This is a safe place. Not an unsafe place. This is a safe place to come together and disagree safe place to come together and agree too. But it is a safe place or must be that safe place. And the only way that I know of that will make that work is when each of us decides that we are in fact followers of Jesus Christ who seek to love our neighbor and even potentially our enemy and do the work necessary even in this pre-contemplative stage, to make sure that our souls are in that correct spot in the eyes of God. We are all, as the choir sang, children of God. And as we come tomorrow, instead of just taking it as a day off, your assignment is to do this. To spend a few moments, we're going to begin this morning, in quiet reflection, Quiet reflection, asking that still small voice of God to help each of us be that which God needs us to be in this time. Let's take a moment. Let's take a moment in the silence of this place and begin that conversation with our Creator.